so this week we begin a new series, and you know the, the video was Hot Topics, but this is actually Hot Topics 2. You know, so, so we're revisiting this series. There was a series we did back in February, and we touched on, on five different Hot Topic items. Well, this time, you guys have voted, y'all have picked the topics, and, and making me have to do the work to kind of dig in to dig in and, and talk about these hot topics that are in the world today. And just like I said back in February, um, and if you missed that series, I encourage you to go back on our website. Uh, you can go back and see them on our YouTube channel and, and watch that previous series. But kind of like what I said then, I'm going to say now, um, these are hot topics. These are topics that are in the world that people are talking about, and it's not just not just people outside of church, but people inside the church also. They just don't want to really ask that question, or maybe they're not saying it out loud. And I want to encourage you that on each of these subjects, we all have our own personal belief, or maybe our own opinion. And if we have our own belief or our own opinion, and it doesn't align with what God's Word says then we need to adjust our own belief or opinion. Because we can't expect God's Word to line up with what we may believe. We need to believe what God's Word says. Amen? Amen. Amen. So sometimes it may be tough. You may have been taught something. You may not totally agree with it. You may agree with what the culture has to say. Um, ultimately, as Christ followers, we need to do what God's Word says. Amen? Amen. So, so this week's conversation is going to be on destruction. We're going to take a look at destruction, and some of y'all might be going, Pastor, what is destruction? Destruction, what actually is it? And, and destruction is something that um, over the last decade has been getting bigger and bigger as it's a word you hear. I know there's some people inside the church who go, man, Pastor, whenever I hear someone talk about the deconstructing and they're deconstructing their faith, they probably weren't really a believer anyways. That's one of the things that you hear. Now, another thing you hear is, oh, well, well, they're deconstructing their faith, and, and they're really going this other way, and, and pastor, I just don't agree with it, and so I don't want to hear about deconstruction. I just blow it off as they're not a mature Christian. Well, the reality is, I think everyone in this room has deconstructed their faith. Every one of us have done some type of deconstruction when it comes to our walk. You think about it as a Christ follower, when you first start following Jesus, what do you do? You actually construct your faith. You start to build up what you believe. And as you're building it up, you start to move forward, and sometimes you're in this church, you may bounce to another church, you're watching this preacher, watching this preacher, and you're digging in, you're doing all these different things, and then all of a sudden, something happens. And now it's, oh, that pastor taught me the wrong thing. I need to deconstruct my faith. Or something happens and you start questioning, is this what I really believed? Is this what the... Bible really said, and we start to look at our own belief. In other words, we start to doubt what we've been taught. We start to doubt what we believe, and as we go through this uh, deconstruction, like I said, it's, it's something that's out there. A lot of us try and ignore it, but let me tell you, if you do a Google search on deconstructing my Christian faith, the amount of blogs you're going to see out there, a plethora of news articles, books have been written about it. Uh, it. It's all over the place. And I think it's interesting that most of the time when you hear about deconstruction of the faith, it's because someone walked away from Christianity. Because that would be a hot topic. That would make the front page news. That would be the top story on the 6 o'clock news if you had someone like, say, Rick Warren said, I'm going to deconstruct my faith and I'm no longer going to be a Christian. Everyone would know about it, right? It would be on the front of every single news, every place you look. 
But now what if Rick Warren were to say, I'm deconstructing my faith to grow closer to Jesus? You're not going to see it. You're not going to hear about it. You're going Exactly. No one cares. You're going to hear about the other ones. And I want to let you know, if you were a kid, if you were a teenager in the 90s, a Christ follower in the 90s, or even if you had a child in the 90s, you probably heard the name Joshua Harris. And some of you may be going, well, maybe, not too sure who it is. He actually wrote a book called I Kissed Dating Goodbye. And he wrote this book back in the 90s, and he was kissing, dating goodbye, and he really started this, I'm going to save myself till I get married. And he basically started the purity movement. And so, you know, all the girls started getting purity rings, and the guys getting, you know, uh, ID uh, bracelets or even uh, purity rings. And I'm going to remain pure until I get married. And Josh was like mainstream. He was on TV all the time. Um, he was being asked to come be a guest speaker at churches. He, he was like the man. He ended up pastoring a large church in Maryland. And, and everything seemed to be going great for Josh. And then a scandal happened in his church. It talked about they were hiding some sexual abuse that was going on within the church. And, and then he ended up getting a divorce from his wife. You know the next thing that came out? Josh said, I'm deconstructing my faith. And decided to leave Christianity. That's it, I'm leaving. So the, here was a poster child for the purity movement. Here was someone who was in front, out there for everyone to see. I'm leaving the faith. My church has a scandal. I got divorced from my wife. I don't believe in Christianity. I don't believe in this faith anymore. And that's the part that you see. He actually, I actually saw where he used to teach a course, he may still do it, on how to deconstruct your faith. So you could actually pay him like $275 and he'd teach you how to deconstruct your faith. Not going there. Um, there was... There was an actual article called The Age of Destruction and the Future of the Church. And Curtis uh, Vanderpool actually described deconstruction this way. The practice of revisiting and rethinking long-held beliefs. So the practice often leads to this dismantling uh, of one's faith by casting doubt uh, onto one central tenet of our orthodoxy or belief one after another until our faith has basically been hollowed. I think the reality is, if an influential Christian deconstructs their faith and walks away from the faith, it's going to be a buzz. It's going to create this buzz. But I think the reality is, is there are influential Christians who have deconstructed their faith that you never hear about. I know many of you know Crowder. Crowder is a Christian singer. Crowder actually deconstructed his faith, but you never heard about it on the news. You never saw it on the front page. Because the difference is, as the whole big idea for today is, destruction does not mean deconversion. It does not mean just because you're going to deconstruct or someone's going to deconstruct their faith, it doesn't mean that they're going to have a deconversion, they're not going to be a follower of Jesus. I truly believe that destruction can lead to reconstruction and a stronger faith. Not what the world says, not what the world believes, but I believe that if we actually de do a deconstruction of our faith, we can actually have a stronger faith than what we currently have. So today what I want to do is we want to look at not only what deconstruction is and isn't, but what should our response be? What should our response be when we have a family member? Or maybe we have a teen, or maybe a college, a young adult, or we know someone who's kind of deconstructing their faith. What should we do? Besides pray for them. So we're going to be in uh, the book of Jude. 
We're going to be in verses 17 through 23. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew. But as always, it will be on the screen. And, and I think what this does, this set of Scripture really kind of shows us not only if we're going through it, but how we should respond to somebody else. So if you have your Bible, Jude, verses 17 through 23. But you, dear friends, remember what was predicted by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They told you in the end time there will be scoffers living according to their own ungodly desires. These people create divisions and are worldly, not having the Spirit. But you, dear friends, as you build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God, waiting expectantly for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Have mercy on those who waver. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Have mercy on others, but with fear, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. My personal definition, or I'd say what the way I would define Christian deconstruction is this. I believe it's a process of dismantling elements um, and structures that have been attached to biblical faith. Let me say that again dismantling elements and structures that have been attached to biblical faith. Sounds pretty neutral, doesn't it? It's new, and, and here's the reason why it's neutral. Because I think there are many things that have been attached to biblical faith that need to be dismantled. I think there's a lot of things that have been added to the American Christianity and been added to church that don't belong in church that need to be dismantled. They don't belong in a biblical faith. We, we hold on to tradition. We hold on to man-made rules or different things that have been brought into a church that need to be dismantled and removed so that we can get back to what biblical faith really is, so that we can get back to a relationship with Jesus that we're called to have, not a relationship with a building. That's what we're called. So that, you know, it's kind of... It's kind of very neutral because I think way too many times we're stuck in the past. We're stuck on this American Christianity and it's taken us away from this biblical faith. And I think by removing those things, we can actually have a closer relationship with Jesus and not get caught up in everything else. need to also understand, though, there is a danger. There's a danger when you get into deconstruction. Oftentimes, deconstruction leads to, leads to a complete destruction of one's faith. It, it takes everything out, removes everything, and causes them to not only walk away from Jesus, but walk away from the church. So it's, it's this fine line between the two on, on what we got going forward. And, and for some, I think it just it's a requirement of just tearing down our faith. Some people will take it all the way, tearing it down to historical biblical faith and just going way off the deep end, or what I would call going off the deep end. There's others that will tear down and, and hey, all of this man-made stuff's been added. Let me get rid of this, and let me just get back to what the Bible says. Let's get back to what Jesus said in his word. Let's get back to doing what we're called to do. Get back to being who Jesus tells us we should be, not who a church or a denomination tells us we should be, but be the person that God calls us to be. Which is not a bad thing to deconstruct to that point and then build on that foundation. The problem is sometimes we go a little too far. Well, we allow the culture or the world to kind of seep into our belief system. And instead of going to this, we go to Google. Or we go to, hey, Siri. 
and we use all these other things to, to what is real, what is real faith, instead of going to where real faith is found, which is inside His Word. Um, I think it's hard to talk about destruction without clarity, without listening to the person. If someone is deconstructing their faith, I think one of the things we need to do is, is listen. Honestly listen to what they've got to say. Even if you don't agree with it, listen to what they got to say. Because when you listen to what they've got to say, you're going to get a full understanding of maybe what they're going through. And the reality is you might be like, oh, I went through that. You know, I kind of did that same thing. Because what happens is we get these doubts that come up in our life and, and it, when we, we start to talk to someone about it and they just want to give us this church answer and, and they just want to like get over what we're trying to talk about, the reality is you may have went through the same thing. And, and when you take that time to listen, you know the stance that they're coming from. Sometimes it's biblical, a lot of times it has nothing to do with what God's Word has to say. It's something that someone else or came in from someplace else is trying to, to get to them. I think there's different paths that we can take in deconstruction. I think one path will deepen our faith, it'll deepen our walk, it'll deepen our relationship, not only with Jesus and others, and I think the other would lead us to destruction. It'll lead us into destruction. Remember verse 17 and 9 through 19 said, But you, dear friends, remember that what was predicted by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, they told you in the end time there will be scoffers living according to their own ungodly desire. These people create division and are worldly, not having the Spirit. And I think what happens here is as you see deconstruction, you kind of see the same thing. People start looking at their faith from a worldview instead of looking at the world from a biblical view. And when you start to bring the world and you start to bring what's going on in the world into what God's Word says, it kind of gets messed up. But if you apply God's Word to what's going on in the world, you can make it make sense. You can actually understand it that much more. So I think it's this whole what path are you going to take? What road are you going to take through your deconstruction? Or what road is someone else going to take? And it takes me right into Matthew 7, 13 and 14. It says, enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life and few find it. There's two doors. There's two paths. One is narrow and one is wide. One leads to destruction. One leads to eternal life. I think if we're going to take that narrow path, I, I think that narrow path that requires us to to strip off the things that prevent us from getting to the door. If you know what I mean, this wide path, you got all this baggage that you can carry. And Lord knows we like to carry baggage, right? We, we like to carry the past with us. We like to carry what the world says. We like to have all this stuff with us. And that's why it's this wide road and this big door because you got all this stuff with you. That means nothing. And I think that narrow path, to be able to get down that narrow path and get through that door, it requires us to let stuff go. It requires us to take off that stuff, remove that baggage that really is a lot of that baggage is our own personal desires, our own personal wants, uh, whatever it is we may be holding on to, that sometimes we just we need to let it go. We need to let it go to walk down that narrow path and make it through that narrow gate. Make it through that narrow door. But it requires us to relieve this baggage that we've been carrying throughout our whole life. But see, the problem is we like that baggage. We kind of like all that stuff that comes with it. You know, well, well, I really like this. You mean I can't take it with me? No. 
But what about this? No. Work on that relationship with Jesus, that relationship coming down the road. And I think ultimately what happens is, is when we strip away all that baggage and we let all that baggage go, it allows us to grab onto Jesus. Because when we're holding everything else, how are you going to hold on to Jesus? It requires that letting go in order to move forward. And letting go is never easy. It's not easy to let something go, but I think in the long run, and when we let it go and we're able to grab onto Jesus, it's going to help us to walk that path and do what he calls us to do, go down that narrow path and make it through the narrow gate instead of worrying about everything else. You see, one form of this, I think one form of deconstruction forces us to let go of the baggage. I think the other has us hold on to all of these things and let go of Jesus. So it's what kind of deconstruction are you going to go through, or what kind of deconstruction is the person going through. And remember, we choose the road. Each one of us choose the road. Each one of us choose the path that we decide to walk. One is a road to deliverance. The other is a road to destruction. As we take this journey, we got to look at what we're holding on to. What, what's this life that we're holding on to? Who are we holding on to? And, and what is holding on to us? Because a lot of times we try and let go of that baggage, but it's got a hold of us. And we got to be able to strip it away in order to move forward. We need to continue to walk the path that he has for us. See, the reality is, is objections to faith are really loud. You, there's a lot of noise out there about Christianity and why you shouldn't be a Christian. But the reality of to walk with that faith is a lot of times it's silent. And, and besides all this loud noise that's going on about Christian faith, unfortunately, we as Christians, we have these silent doubts. We have these silent doubts about, about are we doing the right thing? Did God's word really say this? Am I really doing what God calls me to do? Am I living the life that I should be living or am I living this other life? And we start to have this doubt that comes into us and we start to question our faith. And I want to let you know, if you question your faith, I would not... Um, be guided by a non-believer as you're trying to figure out your faith? Because it really doesn't make sense, right? Hey, I'm going to go to this person who doesn't believe in Jesus, and I'm going to ask them to help me to have a better understanding of Jesus. It's like having an electrician's handbook to do plumbing. It's not going to work. Water and electrical don't mix. But there are people who will actually do that. They start having these doubts in their life. They start having doubts in their faith. And what will they do? Hey, Siri. Or they'll go to a non-believing friend and say, I need you to help me with my faith. It really doesn't make sense, right? So, so if you start to have those doubts, what you need to do is go to someone who is mature in their faith. Go through someone who you know has had some testing or has some difficulties in their faith. Yeah, it's interesting that the way it generally works out is if you've got the, an alcohol problem, you generally find someone who was an alcoholic and is so many years sober. If you were using, you generally find another person who, who stopped using and has this great testimony. If you've been divorced or you've been this or whatever it is, you generally find someone who's got wisdom and, and has been through that test to kind of come along with you. So if you're going to, to look for someone who's mature, someone who's had a test in their faith, is a non-believer someone to go to? No. And the amount of articles out there on the Internet today that could sway you from your faith is unbelievable. Take time to search a doubt 
on the internet, a doubt that you personally have, what does it say or what should I do? And most of them are going to take you away from God's word instead of taking you back to what it calls us to do. I want to encourage you if, if you're got someone in your life who may be going through it, I want to encourage you, listen. Take time to listen to them. Take time to have mercy on them. As it says in verse 20 and 21, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. I truly believe all of us at some point have deconstructed our faith. And you may be sitting there going, not me, Pastor. Every one of us at some point has some done some type of deconstructing. If you think of your life and, and at some point something went wrong. Have you ever had doubts? You ever had doubts about your faith? Have you ever questioned your belief? Here's one that, that I think brings it out more than anything. Have you ever had a crisis in your life? Because the reality is when there's a crisis or there is something that's going on in your life that, that just doesn't make any sense and you got this test going on in your life, you're going to question your faith. There's going to be parts of your faith that you're going to start to doubt. You're going to start to ask those questions. Is this real? What should I do? How am I going to do it? I, I don't know. And, and, you know, I've tried this whole name it, claim it thing, and it didn't work. Do I really believe that this is going to happen? See, I know I've been there. I've been, I've been there looking, wondering. And I need to know that I, I know there's a way through it. I know there's a way through this trial. I know there's a way through all these questions. I know that there's a way through my doubts that, that doesn't lead me away from Jesus, but leads me to a stronger relationship. And so I think many of us don't realize that so many of these questions that we have, so many of those doubts that go on in our life, Guess what? You're not the first one to have it. You're not the first one to have it. It's not something new. Um, I think we need to look for and understand that every faithful answer we're looking for can be found right here in God's Word. Basic information before leaving earth. Everything we need to know in this life can be found right here. The reality is do we really know what's here? Do we really go by what's in here? Or do we go by our own premise or whatever someone happened to say? Do we really dig into what God's Word says in order to live our life? Or do we just kind of half-heartedly maybe? In Switchfoot's song, Ode to Chin, it actually says this. Doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs. Doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs. And I think that's so good because we need to doubt our doubts. When we start to doubt something, we need to doubt that that's what's really going on. And believe what we truly believe. Believe what God's Word says. Believe in, in the foundation of Jesus Christ in our life. <coughs> and, and ultimately, as we begin this deconstruction, we need to deconstruct it at a starting point. And it's got to be something that's unmovable, unshakable, and unchanging. Think of this. You ever watch a remodeling show? I love them. Absolutely love them. I remember watching one, and these people got this house, and they thought, man, this is going to be a really quick flip of the house. And, and they, they came in. There was some carpet on the ground. And, and by the way, don't pull up carpet. You may be surprised at the things you find when you pull up carpet. I found a pile of dirt yesterday that was about that big and that tall after I swept up everything that was under the carpet. And I was like, this is so gross. <laughs> and then it made me wonder how long that carpet's been there. 
And by the way, it was in the church, which is really sad. Guess what? It ain't there no more in this new carpet. Y'all will have to figure it out, figure out where I was working at. Anyways, don't pull up carpet. <laughs> Sorry, that was a side note. Anyway, so they, they went in, they pulled up this carpet, and they noticed that the wood flooring underneath was rotten. They're like, oh, man, such good wood flooring. And then they said, well, we got to pull this flooring up. So what they do, they pulled up that wood flooring, and what they find out? The subfloor was rotten also. So now they pull up the subflooring, and what they found? The trusses were rotted out also. The reality was they had to get all the way back down to, to the foundation and rebuild up. Unfortunately, there are people who deconstruct their faith because the floor is rotten. They tear up the whole foundation. Our foundation is strong. The word of God is strong. We have a solid foundation to start from. Don't take the foundation out because of a couple cracks in the stucco or some leaky pipes. Because there are people who, because of one situation, will let them, oh, this whole foundation is gone. I need to throw it all away and give it all up. Our foundation is strong. The foundation of your faith is strong enough to rebuild on top of. But if you're going to build on the foundation of God's word, guess what you got to use to rebuild? God's word. Not someone else, not something else, not the newest big thing. It needs to be built on God's word because our foundation is solid. Don't listen to the people who want to pull up everything. Do what God's word calls you to do. Verse 22 and 23 said, And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. So as you're listening to this person, you need to understand where their doubts are coming from. Need to have mercy on them. Need to be willing to sit down and, and listen. Just think about it. A lot of their doubts, it could come from church hurt. It could come from hypocrisy in the church. And actually, the original Hot Topic series actually taught on church hurt and hypocrisy inside the church. Um, but many people who question their faith, they've been hurt by either a pastor, they've been hurt by the church, they've been hurt by someone inside the church. So the reality is, if they're hurt by someone inside the church telling them, oh, well, come on, let's go to church, they may not want to come to that church. They may have to go to a, another church. They may have to go someplace else. Understand that church hurt is real. There is real church hurt. Now, there is a difference between real church hurt and not real church hurt. Okay? Don't, don't take church hurt lightly. But there are people, oh, I was hurt in the church because they changed the music. I was hurt in the church because they changed the carpet. I was hurt in the church because they did something that I personally did not like. Okay, that's not real church hurt. That's a conflict of interest, maybe different personalities or whatever it may be. Legitimate church hurt, abuse of power. Legitimate church hurt, sexual abuse. Legitimate church hurt, ungodly character. These are legitimate and they happen inside churches each and every day. If it happens inside the church, guess what? The person ain't going to want to go to the church to figure out where their faith is at. Listen to what they're going through. Be open and honest and be there for them. You may be the only person who can help them get through this. I want to encourage you that, that these things really do occur. Be open and honest with the person. Another thing people question that are specific to, to culture, to the culture and what's going on, you know, like science and faith, sexuality and gender, 
racial strife, and a big one now, artificial intelligence, AI. They actually got a thing out there where they're trying to get pastors to let AI write a sermon for them. Ain't going to happen. Not going to happen. Yeah, I'm like, that is just crazy. But, but these are cultural things that actually come in that, that people may look at, and the reality is none of it's new. I, I remember back in the day when computers first came out. It's going to be the death of everything. Remember 2000 Y2K? It's the end of the world. Jesus is coming back. All of these different things that fo- roll with the culture, it's not new. They, they've been around. They, they've been going through it. And, and what we got to do is realize that Scripture does answer everything. We just need to go into Scripture for it. Some people deconstruct their faith due to bad or false teachings. They've been in the same church for a long time. They've been going to church their whole life, and they've come from a Christian family, and they've been in the same church, same pew, everything for their entire life, and then something happens, or or all of a sudden, God forbid, something happened, the pastor had an affair. And their whole world breaks down. That's it. I'm walking away from Christianity. I can't believe this has happened to me. I can't believe it's all been a ruse. Nothing's right. I haven't been. Everything I've been taught is wrong. No, it's not. But people will go to that extreme. I think it's interesting, you know, back in the day when, when prosperity gospel was real big, you know, name it, claim it. I think enough people nowadays have, have named it and didn't claim it, that they realize naming and claiming it don't work. And if someone comes out with that naming and claiming, they're kind of, yeah, dude, I tried that 10 years ago and it didn't happen. I, I named that I was going to win the lottery and I'm still broke. I, I know I got this blessing and, and I wanted this brand new Lamborghini and I didn't get it. I got a Volkswagen Jetta instead. Whatever it may be. The teaching that somebody gets can also cause them to deconstruct their faith. Don't give short church answers. You know what I'm talking about? Someone comes up, they're questioning their faith. Well, how come... How come this book isn't in the Bible? Because it's not. That's a good answer, huh? Would that, would that help you any? How can, because it's not. Why isn't this in the Bible? I don't know. I don't understand what's going on. Well, you just need a stronger faith. You just need to pray more. You need to dig deeper into God's Word and pray about it. Them answers sound familiar? When you're questioning your faith or you got doubts, are them answers really going to give you what you need? No. Now, there is a reality digging into God's Word. It does help. But just to tell them you need to dig in isn't going to be a help. Tell them, oh, I'm going to pray for you and you need a stronger faith. That's really going to help me build my faith. My faith, I already know my faith needs to be stronger. I'm already doubting it. I'm already looking at walking away, and all you're doing is making me walk away that much more. Don't give short answers. Like I said at the beginning, take time to listen. Listen to what the person's going through. I remember back when I was going through issues and I was doubting my faith. I was doubting what God called me to do, and, and I was... I really don't know about this whole Christianity thing. Now, if, for those of you who most of you know, I was, I was raised Roman Catholic. So, man, I knew all about tradition. I knew about all of these things, man-made things put into religion. And, and then I accepted Jesus in a Baptist church, and the teaching was so totally different. And I went through this time of I was really questioning my faith. I had doubts. I had concerns, and I had a godly brother come by my side. And, and as I was digging in and, 
hey, uh, this is my doubt. Where can I read Scripture about that? And I was reading through the Scripture. And one of the things I realized is as I read through the Scripture and I had my godly brother beside me, I realized that the Scripture didn't say what I thought it said. It didn't say what I had my own perception of. As I got digging into it and actually... It caused me to grow that much more where I actually started digging into the Greek. And, and every I started digging really into it to get to root words that I realized that what I thought I knew, I didn't know. It was this assumption that I was taught or that somebody told me because I didn't take that time to dig in. And I had a brother in Christ come alongside of me. He listened to me, not only listened to my doubts, but then he questioned me. He questioned my doubts, questioned the way I was going, and then led me back to God's word to show me the truth. We broke it down to the foundation of my belief system and moved forward. And remember, my belief was two different things. I was raised Roman Catholic. I was saved in a Baptist church, going to a Baptist church. Theology, totally different. Well, you know where I ended up? Because I became a, pa a Baptist preacher. But the theology, it had me messed up. I had to get back down to the foundation of God's word and have someone godly to come by my side and point me in that direction. He did what the scripture said. He had mercy on me and he pulled me out of the fire. He pulled me back on the path that I need to be on instead of allowing me to go down that wrong path and that path of destruction while I was trying to deconstruct my faith. Imagine if we of a church actually did that. Imagine if we actually did what God calls us to do, and we loved on people, we had mercy on people, the same thing God's done for us when we have someone in our family going through this to come by their side and just love them. And here's another thing. It's okay to not have the answers. It's okay not to know everything. It's okay to say, well, I don't know. You know what? Let's dig into God's word and, and see what it says. Now, God's word may not tell you why this book is not in the Bible. History will tell you that. And guess what? It wasn't man's choice. It wasn't a pope's choice. It wasn't a king's choice. It was books that were regularly being used in church service is what went into the Bible. That ain't what the world's going to tell you. So watch what you're using to dig in. But take time to listen. Take time to be that person that God calls you to be. Remember, deconstruction does not mean deconversion. Just because your kid or your family member is talking about deconstructing their faith, it doesn't mean they're walking away. They could walk away, but it doesn't necessarily mean it. There are way far more people who have deconstructed their faith and now have a stronger walk with Jesus than walking away from their faith. Look at your own walk. Look at the own, your own time where maybe you've deconstructed your own faith and where you're at today compared to where you were at on that day. As I said, deconstruction, there you go. Deconstruction can lead to reconstruction and a stronger faith. It can make your faith stronger. If you go to the right place and use the right tools and don't destroy a foundation that's solid. Jesus Christ died for you, willingly died for you as a sinner so that you could spend eternity in heaven with him by accepting him. That's our foundation. That's a solid foundation right there. Jesus Christ crucified is a solid foundation. Take it from there and move on. Build your faith from that. You can build your faith even as a sinner saying there's no way I could ever do this because God's word says that we're all sinners. We all fall short of glory of God. So praise God we're all sinners. And praise God that he loved us enough to send his son Jesus to die on a cross. 
to give us eternal life. God's word says if we confess with our mouths and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. That's your foundation. That is the foundation. Go from that foundation forward. And if you've never accepted Jesus, hey, today's the day to start. God's word says today's the day of salvation. You can start your faith walk and, and get the foundation of your faith right here, right now. It's that simple. And maybe you're sitting here and saying, well, Pastor, I, I kind of heard deconstruction and really didn't understand it. And Man, I'm going through it right now. I'm kind of deconstructing my faith. I'm trying to figure this whole Christian thing out because I, I've messed up and and I've got these vices and, and Google tells me that, that I should do this and, and I'm so confused. Go to your foundation and move forward from there. Maybe you know someone who's deconstructing their faith and going through it. <clears throat> Asking those questions. Why isn't this book in the Bible? What, what, what do you mean there's only two genders? What, what do you mean that I, I can't have sex until I get married? What, what, what about that? But the world says this. Yeah, that's fine. But if you're going to be a follower of Jesus and you're going to walk that narrow path, you need to do what his word calls you to do. All that other stuff, hey, guess what? Later down the line, you... There's things you can do, but there's things that are sin. There's things that we shouldn't do. And one thing we shouldn't do is judge somebody else. Come alongside anyone you know who's questioning their faith. Show them love. Show them mercy. And be a godly person in their life. Be someone who brings them to their foundation on what that foundation is and build it from there. It doesn't mean they're going to walk away from the faith. Their faith may become stronger through the deconstruction. So wherever you're at today, if, if whether you're deconstructing, not deconstructing, don't care about deconstruction. Remember, we all go through it just at different levels. And I want to encourage you, be that strong Christian brother or sister for someone who's going through it. And if you're going through it and you need someone to talk to, <clears throat> after our final song, I'll be up here, be some prayer partners up here, um, or call the church office, say, hey, pastor, I need to talk. If you don't want to talk to me, find a brother or sister in Christ. It doesn't have to be someone from this church. It can be someone in the body of Christ. Because it's not about just this building. I always say it. We all know brothers and sisters who go to different churches where we're all the church. We're all followers of Jesus. Find a godly brother or sister that you can talk to. And most importantly, have love and have mercy on whoever you come in contact with. Amen? Heavenly Father, we come to you today. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for everything you do in our lives. And, and, and Lord, we thank you that you're able to help us when we have doubts. You're able to help us when we have fear. Lord, as, as we may not think of ourselves as deconstructing our faith, Lord, when we have doubts, when we have fears, that's exactly what we're doing. And we start to question maybe what we believe. Or, Lord, help us to see that clearly. Lord, you've sent your Holy Spirit to come and be with us and to guide us. Lord, is anyone here today who's, who's questioning their relationships with you, if they're questioning their faith, have the Holy Spirit guide them. Lord, bring someone along their side that you can speak to and through to help them to make their faith that much stronger. 
Lord, that we will let go of the baggage that's in our life and, and the baggage of this world and that we will walk the path that you have for us and that we will hold on to you instead of holding on to things that don't matter. Lord, just continue to be with us during this week. And if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, Lord, I ask that they make that move today. That they will start their faith journey on a solid foundation, which is you. And Lord, make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.